Okay, so I was saying how, you know, I just wanted to force myself to read James Joyce, and uh, I figured we could go through him like we do Shakespeare, did Shakespeare. Um, right. And I just wanted to sort of explain that, as hopefully this will be, you know, our inaugural new, um, what you will, era. Um, so, effectively, we with Shakespeare, what we did was we went through the play, and we went act by act and talked about it, okay? So... With this, I guess we're going to start with his short stories, right? And then move into the harder novels and um, right. eventually, hopefully, sort of finish James Joyce. I guess it won't be... I mean, it's probably a lot to read all together, but... Not that many books. It's, yeah, it's not that many books, though. Um, but they are pretty long. Yeah, they, they're, they seem, the novels seem very intimidating. Um, to anyone yeah. except you, I think. Uh, but... Do you, so you know a lot about James Joyce, obviously. Richard Elman. Obvi- obviously, is that the is that the biography you read? Oh yeah, uh, Richard Elman. Um, he was a yeah. He, he wrote biographies, maybe more than yeah. They kind of extend beyond a simple biography of a few Irish uh, writers. James Joyce is like a huge monumental work about James Joyce is Oscar Wilde. Um, I carried around for a year and a half in college. Um, Yates, he wrote a book about Yates, Man and His Mask, uh, which is also... Was he Irish? Comprehensive was Elman Irish? Irish? I, think I, I think Elman was, like, I think he was American. American. Um, he wasn't Irish. Uh, but there are kind of, like, I don't, I, I don't know if he had, like, some... I think, actually, I, I think he was American and worked at Oxford, if I remember correctly. Um, I very much might not remember correctly. Uh, but I don't know if he had any, like, personal connection to Ireland. I think there was... I think there... I mean, there is, like, a connection between Wilde and Yeats and Joyce. Uh, like just like a literary connection, uh, which we can get into uh, when we start to read the Joyce, um, like the the the, the epiphanatic, to borrow James Joyce's word for it, the epiphanatic short story, the epiphanatic like moment, um, is kind of a uh, distant or not distant cousin is a family relation. Um, Maybe like uh, niece or nephew of the like privileged moment of Walter Pater, or which uh, I mean, Walter Pater was uh, Wilde's teacher at Oxford, one of Wilde's teachers at Oxford. The the aesthetic, the the the, the privileged moments that are kind of like the basis of a of, of or, or, or are kind of you know the the coin of the aesthetic movement of you know. 1860s to the 1900s-ish, um, depending on when you want to date that. And did Joyce um, know him? Uh, so Joyce was like a generation behind. Um, Yates was kind of in the middle. So Yates was, was publishing in like the late 1890s already. Um, I think Lake Isle of Innisfree is like late 1890s. Um, 
obviously there are a lot of different moments in 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 Yates's life and in Yates's writing. Um, but in those early, more lyrical poems, there there are like similar like um, yeah, similar just like I, I, I don't want to use epiphanatic moments because that's the choice of the word and it's Joyce's idea and it's uh, kind of borrowed from it's not exactly moments where the God had revealed himself to you as it would be in like the I think it's Latin um, but in in the Catholic tradition that was James Joyce's education, if not his belief. Um, but yeah, the, the, the he, 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 at, at least like the more aesthetic early Yates is kind of a middle figure between those two. Okay. And Do we Joyce, know if Joyce, uh, did Joyce enjoy reading Wild? Do we know that? Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Joyce, or there's a lot of Wild in in certainly in Ulysses, um, a lot of Swift. Um, but yeah, he, I, I don't know. If, if, I, don't, I don't know that you would ever. I mean, uh, he, he he comes up with a different word for his thing. Um, he's always trying to be like his own little little thing. Um, yeah, he, he, is his, was definitely had like literary prefigures, but he, he liked to imagine that his literary prefigures were Dante and Shakespeare and, mm-hmm. uh, kind of bigger. Right. Because he, he saw himself as a, you know, a monumental person. He definitely yeah. thought highly of his ability, right. And his, his uh, contribution, yeah, I was just I was just reading in, in Elm and he was like uh nineteen oh one ish, eighteen ninety-nine. Um uh Joyce was like not sure if his ability to write pro uh sorry, to write poetry, his his lyrics weren't all that much. Uh but even already then he's like twenty and he's thinking of himself in terms of Thomas Hardy and uh Tolstoy and surpassing them. Um not only trying to do that artistically, but literally thinking in terms of surpassing them. I mean, there's one thing, it's one thing to like, you know, uh, be in some kind of agonistic tomorrow, Harold Bloom's term, some kind of uh, competitive relationship with the writers that came before you, which I think is inevitable for mm-hmm. any writer. Um, but it's another thing to be like literal, literally thinking I, I, I can be better than Tolstoy. <laughs> right. Which is not inevitable, I don't think. Maybe it is if you're... Can we... Have, can have, we have Joyce's swagger. Can we talk about your impression of his uh, artistic evolution from, say, Dubliners through mm. Ulysses? I mean, is is it really stark? I haven't read either. Um, I mean, I started... No, it's, it's pretty dabbling, huge. But, so uh, is Dubliners like sort of a pretty uh, traditional form of story or what is the feel of that book versus well have, have you read the like the first couple stories or no i haven't yet are you coming completely fresh okay uh well i don't want to give too much away i mean it feels real modern for a book that was many of the stories were written in like 1904 ish 19 
uh, early 1900s. It didn't get published for a few years, as is the story with all of Joyce. It took a while for it to get published. Um, I don't think it was published until like 1914. Um, not that it ever made much money, um, at least not until later. Um, but yeah, the, the kind of, the I, I don't want to give too much away, but the kind of presentation of these 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 sharp, hard edged moments uh just <clears throat> on their own without much authorly interruption um that happened that, that that is kind of repeated throughout the stories. Uh that feels super it just feels current. It feels contemporary um in a way that a lot, I mean, thinking of people, other people who were writing short stories in like 1904, um, right. it, it does feel kind of like it was on its own. But how does he, um, do we know why he sort of became jazzy with his words and having more of an, you know, like a modernist wanting to break of, ground? What, ha- why did he come to that belief? Is that, was that natural or was that, was, did something, Epe phenomenal happened. Every writer has to kind of make their own language. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, anyone who sees themselves as a in a competitive relationship with Shakespeare, who either invented or put into the language so many words of his own, um, some of it just has to do with just in service of the work. Um, well, like stream of conscious writing is kind of just what had to be for Ulysses Finnegan's Wake, um, that kind of like double or triple meaning, that kind of words that, you know, speaking of, you know, words words uh, that have anywhere from zero to three meetings, as we were talking about with uh, one or two-year-olds, mm-hmm. um, that, 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 that is certainly something that, that, that reverberates in dreams. That's true. Where everything has it's 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 thing and it's it's a snake and it's a peanut, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and, yeah, I, that that's just had to be done for. Am I correct in? in a good break. Am I correct in saying that his goal was to create a monument, in a sense, to Ireland? So that's also maybe where mm. the goal of sort of exp- just giving the impression of being in Ireland by reading his novels. You know what I mean by knowing the people and the and the culture and the way they talked and everything. Yeah, he was really proud. According to I think Burgess, uh, he was always proud that he could like name the order of the street of the like shops on his street or something. That's right. Um, in night from 1904 when he moved. Um, he was kind of stuck in 1904. Monument is is, is a good word for it because yeah, uh, there's like a I don't want to give too much away about like the sisters specifically, but um, monument maybe not in like a, the, a reverential way, but he had this sense of Ireland very accurately of people just getting stuck and there's a sense of paralysis mm-hmm. uh, to Ireland to him. Um, he, who for most of his, or all of his adult life, I don't think he ever, I don't think he ever made it back, if I remember correctly. I think after 1904, he just never was there. Mm-hmm. Um, they lived in Trieste and 
Well, and my other impression, having learned a bit about him through the years of watching documentaries and reading some about him and so forth, um, is he sort of had an interesting development from a guy who was a total rebel as a young person, um, rebelling against faith and his culture and everything. And then he became sort of a person who maybe not literally was Catholic, but who lived by you know, in a way that was sort of disciplined and conservative. Like, he wasn't... Yeah, he was always... He was definitely always... It's, it's ironic that he's also, like, now a monument in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he was always... I, I, I think that you can kind of overestimate how much he, like, wanted to get away from, like, Catholicism especially, because he was always borrowing language... Uh, from the church and uh, also from the Orthodox Church. Um, I mean, that was like literally his whole education. Mm-hmm. There was no way for him to deal with literature or the canon or anything without coming to it through, uh, yeah, coming, it, coming to it through Catholicism. Um, I mean, he, like, I don't think he was ever technically, maybe during the war or something, he had to technically marry his wife. But, you know, they they never technically got married, but they did stay together forever. Right. Um, Not (laughs) terribly happily sometimes. Um, Yeah, he, like, was a doting father, uh, stuff like that. Cool. Schizophrenic daughter. Yeah, he's one of those personalities that's impossible to define, it feels like. And that's one of the reasons I think he's so, he would be interesting to read, you know, because yeah. it's like, it's so enigmatic and it ends up in such a strange place, you know, by his final book that that's so, yeah. <laughs> you know, interesting to, to, to read and at least try to, uh, get, you know, get something from it. And, you know, I'm sure it's impossible not to get something different from it every time you would read it. Um you would be oh, rereading yeah. Wake is definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely a Heraclitian river where you can't step in, you can't read it twice with the same understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I also just as somebody who has in like repeated readings of Finnegan's Wake, I've like known different languages that Joyce spoke. Or Joyce knew because he borrowed words from I think something like sixty or ninety different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some, some were, again when, when uh, yeah, when he's well, know, this dream speak is, is had, will have like some stems or roots from different languages by accident. Even you reminded um, me earlier of him too because and and I thought of it because of how many languages he knew um about his ent- his right. total devotion to his work was like basically led him to yeah. a, a path of self destruction he was so devoted to to writing right um, not, not i don't mean by yeah, like he I became mean, debauched i mean he like lost his eyesight and his health went went bad right yeah I, I, he I'm, I'm trying to think of like other hobbies he had other than drinking. Right. Um, there are anecdotes about him uh, when he lived in Paris. He would like uh, supposedly get into fights and then call Ernest Hemingway to fight for him and like defend him because he's like a squirrely little guy. Um, everyone who was 
stuck in Ireland after the famine was malnourished. Um, so yeah, uh, supposedly he liked to go to bars and have Ernest Hemingway fight his fights. I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't know. Both of both James Joyce and Ernest Hemingway are people whom stories are told of, which are not necessarily true right well but still the you bring up uh, you bring up a really romantic aspect of his biography which is he was in paris you know in that time in the 20s which is which is something i think you know is sort of an enviable thing to have in your biography and the fact that he went to the shakespeare bookstore or whatever it's called he was intimately equate yeah he was um yeah, the, the, it, we'll, we'll get to it when we talk about yeah. uh, Ulysses. But he was in that um, set of imp- yeah, of just the, like you know yeah. epic personages, and he he was Shakespeare and Company. Yeah, Shakespeare and Company, and that's who published his his book. And we'll talk about that later, right. I guess. But it's such a cool story, you know what I mean? Like it's such an underdog story uh, of a guy totally committed to something that that's so weird and so personable, yeah. and it's personal person, <laughs> not personable. What am I looking for? Personal to him. Personal. Yeah. Yeah. Like a drive that, you know, obviously changed the world inside such a strange, interesting person who found himself in Paris at that time. It's a cool, it's a cool part of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anywho, good. So that was perfect. That's a good, I think that, that if I were to hear that last 10 minutes, I would be That'd excited. That would be a good intro. 